What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Give Me a Break podcast, where we remotely record once again after a little hiatus. Today, I'm joined by my guys, Hunter. How are you now? Jordy. What's popping? And Ben. Heyo. Later, Isaac will be hopping in to discuss a hot take that I think is very fresh off the oven. We'll see what he thinks about that, and we'll let you know when he shows up. Uh, but today... It's a, it's a Tuesday. We all finished our semesters of college. Finals Let's week go. was a grind for some of us at home. I know, Jordan, you had five tests, right? Yep, five tests and two projects. That's crazy. Yeah, hey. uh, my girlfriend Sarah is finishing up today or tomorrow. Uh, summer's right around the corner. You guys have some summer classes, though, right? Yeah. Yep. Nope. Pretty Pretty simple, but pretty busy, tedious crap. I know for Jordy, at least, with a couple classes like that. Yeah, it's not uh, too bad. Noah wasn't uh, wasn't wanting to join today. He is actually currently streaming on Twitch. He's playing a little Animal Crossing. Uh, he he likes to get in those little moods where he's he's stream obsessed. But he's also got a he's got a summer class too. I know. So today on the on the burners for the Give Me a Break podcast, we got some controversies. We got some some ideas of creating a lineup to try to defeat the Dream Team with current day players. We'll see how that goes. That's a tough. That's a tough project because of the Dream Team being obviously one of the best basketball teams created during the prime of what most people think was the best time of the NBA. So we'll see what we can come up with there. Other quick topics include the comeback of sports. I suppose it's around the corner. And then we're going to mention some hometown sports, of course. So let's start out with that. Of course, we're all Minnesotans on the podcast. We're diehard Minnesota guys. So let's start with the only news, I think, from the past week. Maybe we missed a couple weeks, but I think this is even more prominent than some of the things that happened there because there was nothing going on. Uh, Anthony Harris is a Minnesota Viking for 2020. What do you guys think? Obviously, I'm an Anthony Harris guy, so I'm happy about it, but it's also $11 million on another safety. Safeties are really good, of course, with Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think about the Anthony Harris? One year, think- he si- well, basically what it was is he signed his franchise tag. I think it's a good move, you know, for one year at least. Yeah. I mean, you're not getting – stuck with a big contract but i thought he was going to get traded and there was the talks even though even after we signed him even though after we put the franchise tag out i thought that was just gonna be trade bait but i'm happy that he's on the team i mean it will only help the team i feel like so it's not absolutely and so the interesting thing is i think if yeah so i mean with him back We've got the two best safeties, uh, Anthony Harris and uh, Harrison Smith. You can't go wrong with both of them. And the, and as of last year, we looked at – I mean, the defense was a little shaky. So, I think yep. that will only help the defense um, coming into this year. And we did lose a couple of our defensive linemen, which, I mean, could say if they were good or not. But I think the move with Anthony Harris back for another season, we're not getting him for – four more years or whatever, which I think is helpful with our cap. One year is fine. And bring well, yeah. Back, it helps. 
when you mentioned the cap and everything, and the big thing is next year we get some pretty big contracts coming off the books with mm-hmm. um, we won't have to be paying um, uh, why am I blanking? Our left tackle. He'll be off the books. Uh, Riley Reef will be off the books. And he hits a $13 million cap hit. He's our second highest paid player at the moment, Riley Reef. Okay. But we just brought in um, our big rook and Theoretically, Bradley Reese's contract is over next year. So that's $13 million that can go towards Ant Harris next year. And he's already the fifth highest played pair on this team. So in reality, next year, you're only talking about giving another 3 to $4 million worth of his contract from that Riley Reef money. So the money should work out really well. Mm-hmm. I think we'll be in pretty solid cap space next year, actually, too, because Shamar Stefan will most likely be on his way out. Um, we'll have a few other guys, and we the tough thing will maybe be uh, extending Dalvin Cook. That will cost some big bucks, probably. Yeah, wasn't what happened with that? Wasn't they weren't they talking like, oh, we should re-sign him or extend his contract now? Did that just kind of die out? I mean, there were some people that was saying that we should for sure. Um, you know, I think in today's NFL, that's just not the smartest move is to extend him now. Mm-hmm. Um, extending running backs is a really, really tricky thing because the running back position is so devalued. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we asked him to play on um, a one-year you know, franchise tag or something like that. Um, sure. He's going to probably ask for more money than we want to pay him, and I guess we have to figure out – we're going to have to see like where do we actually want to pay him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Tyler mentioned, hopefully he'll be back in a second, um, that, you know, we lost some defensive linemen with Everson Griffin being the biggest one. But Everson Griffin is still not signed. He has yeah. not been able to sign anywhere. And I think that's huge because, um, I mean, theoretically, he could come back still. Nobody mm-hmm. is giving him that big payday that I think he wants. And eventually, is it is he just going to kind of decide, you know, hey, I, I like it here, you know, I love Minnesota, I've been there forever, and maybe we can find a good spot money-wise for him. Yeah. And I wouldn't be opposed to bring him back. No. I liked him on the team, yeah. and he just kind of brought a presence to that line that uh, not many people could bring. But I wouldn't be opposed to bring him back if we don't need to pay him a lot because his load has clearly decreased from when he was in, at his peak. So, Yeah, absolutely. So let's see here. Um, we'll launch into, well, hopefully, I'm really worried about what happened with Tyler there. Yeah, he, he, we lost Ty, so uh, hopefully he can come back here. And uh, what were we talking about? Oh, let's just continue uh, uh, with just sports coming back. I know this weekend we've got uh, that big t- golf tournament thing, uh, Tiger and uh, Phil with uh, Brady and Manning, right? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a big – that's a really weird – have you seen, like, they've got some, like, very interesting rules for some of the stuff, actually. I haven't really looked into it. I just know. I haven't either. I just saw, like, a headline where on the fifth hole, they're only allowed to use one club. Interesting. So after you – you know, so like I'm guessing they're going to go with, you know, a hot, maybe a hybrid or something like that. But, like, yeah. once they select that one club, they're locked in. Mm-hmm. I don't and know. That's just kind of wild feel, to me. 
Do you know what the matchup is? Like, because I know one of them's going with uh, one golfer going um, with one of the quarterbacks. It's Manning, it's Manning and Tiger and Brady and Phil. Uh, that's okay. a real shame because I'm a I'm a Tiger I'm a Tiger Brady guy more than you know. I feel like f- Manning out of out of uh, Brady and Manning will have more of the advantage because I mean he's retired. I'm about to say because he's retired. A little more time to play some golf than Brady does, but yeah. Hey, but they're playing in in the new Florida man's uh, home state now, so maybe maybe this is going to be the first say. shot at. He's got the home court uh, advantage. He exactly. does. I don't know. I think that'll be really fun. You know, it's all for charity and it's a cool event and everything. And I think that was a really smart thing to do. That'll be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, I think it'll well, be they, a good intro back into sports a little bit. Well, that's such a sport that's so easy in reality to do with social distancing. So, For sure. Uh, I'm back after a little technical difficulties. The boys are breaking down the golf tournament. I'm with Ben. I wish it would have been... <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not really that impartial about it, but Tiger and Tom Brady would have been awesome. Tiger and Tom, a, I think, really fun. I'm a, Phil, I'm a Phil Manning guy. That's but... true, though. I do like Phil. Maybe Phil and Tom is fun. I don't know. It's, I think it'll be fun, actually, especially if they add little tricks or, like you said, Ben, on like the fifth hole, if they can only use one club. That's uh, really fun. Golf, I rarely watch golf, so as much as you can spice it up, the best – that but didn't Phil Tiger do something a couple of years ago? Yes, yeah. and it, it, it wanted to do a tiebreaker for like, yeah. like, for like $12 oh, million. Dollars. Yeah, that was nuts. That was nuts. Yeah. So I feel like that went over pretty well. So I can imagine that this is going to do pretty well too, especially now. Yeah. Phil's a gamesman, obviously. Mm-hmm. So there's really no, there's not much you can like go wrong with it mm-hmm. unless it like, there's technical difficulties like we just had or something, something happens that you would never expect something bad right. or negative. But besides that, it's like, I don't think there's any way it could go wrong. People are going to tune in if it's on TV for free. Where is it? Is it on ESPN? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. sure. Do we, I, that's one thing I don't exactly oh, know. Yeah, uh, I'm one thing that right I now. did notice when you guys were talking about the Vikings about and Everson Griffin agreed on a little contract and He's obviously passed his TNT, prime. TBS. Okay, TNT. That's great. Uh, Everson Griffin, especially during this COVID season, we're not going to really know with mm-hmm. with some of these free agents, and maybe they're not signing because of that. Also, right. I don't think Anthony Harris was traded because of the COVID season. Mm, that could that be definitely true. plays a plays a part. Mm-hmm. Maybe the fact that Everson Griffin. Likes the Minnesota Vikings. His whole career is as is as a Minnesota Viking. He mm-hmm. would take a very very little contract, come and play here for a year, and then all of a sudden your offensive line, after they boosted it by signing Michael Pierce, is even more beneficial with a with an Everson Griffin player. Right, and like I mentioned so, earlier, is we will be getting rid of the big Riley Reef contract, and if we want to keep him around a long longer term, there could be more money. You know, we could mm-hmm. even like give him a two, three-year contract and be like, listen, you're only going to make this much this year, but you're going to make this much this year. You know, backload that contract and tell him, take a little less this year. We'll send you more guaranteed money down the line. And well, the scary thing is, good. is Kirk Cousins' contract gets worse as we go. Yeah. yeah. I think he's, I think he's getting like $42 million in two years. Yeah. That so is. that's where backloading it. Now, I don't think for the Vikings right now. 
I don't think, I think the money down the line becomes less and less guaranteed, like not as much. It's not all guaranteed. Okay. That's a good thing. Uh, one thing that is really awesome that we talked about the Daniel Hunter situation. He signed a contract signing bonus in his extension and got $8 million guaranteed, which does not go to the camp, but he's also only getting 4 million for the next two, two years right. because of it. It was an equal amount of money from what he was going to get anyway. So it was just a team team happy deal thing that Daniel Hunter did to basically mm-hmm. benefit us. So that was cool to see, obviously. Uh, we mentioned that in the past. But I think the Vikings team and the Vikings defense in general with two great safeties, uh, obviously four young cornerbacks now with Hughes, Holton Hill, and yeah. the two rookies that we drafted in the first and third rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's potential. We it's- don't know. You can assume one of them's going to be bad. You can assume one of them's going to maybe shine a little bit brighter than expected. And that's kind of maybe Holton Hill will be suspended again. Yep. So that's obviously something to think about. Yeah. That's something we never brought up, but having two veteran safeties will kind of help them out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Being behind them who can pull a little slack. When you know that you're, when you know you got help over the top, you can play a little more aggressive. You can. Be a little more risky. You don't have to be a perfect corner. Nice yeah. thing is, is a lot of our cornerbacks are big. I know, kind of excluding Mike Hughes on that situation, but both all Hill, uh, the kid from Mississippi State, and Jeff Gladney Can't all have de- decent size. Dancer's really big too, actually. Like, yeah, nah. yeah, and he's quick, and they're good in the red zone historically, at least in college. And Mike Hughes was good last year. He had his moments of rookie and he had his moments of not great but i think it's still a positive outlook of what he he can bring to the team mm-hmm. and then you think about your linebacking core talk about veteran you got your two studs in the middle with kendricks and a bar and then whoever you want there's rookies now you can throw in there you can put yep. in troy die you can keep your your eric wilson hyphen mm-hmm. ben gideon situation uh there's no problem there and then if you look at the defensive line, it's good. It's good enough that you're maybe it'll help out the cornerbacks by getting to the quarterback more often and quicker. Right. Because you can't go wrong with Daniil Hunter, a huge defensive, strong defensive tackle, Michael Pierce. And then, like I said, whoever we sign, if, if Griffin's one of them or these rookies that we signed, I know that Wanham guy I'm really high on. I think he's going to be a good player. Well, beyond- uh, so. Beyond that, even is when you're talking about linebackers, is because of how the NFL is nowadays, too. You're running so much nickel that, um, in reality, you're definitely looking at, you know, not as big of a deal for your um, third linebacker. You're running so many, you know, three DBs nowadays. Yeah. So the Vikings, I think this offseason, especially pointing to the draft, which was our last episode, which. Uh, just discussing our draft. I mm-hmm. think this offseason has been really good. Uh, the Kirk Cousins contract, I think, is still a little insane. Looking at the numbers, looking at how the money goes, and the production level that he brings compared to other people at that level kind of annoys me. Obviously, I like Kirk as a human being. I like Kirk as a quarterback. Who else are you uh, going to get, though? That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, that's the situation is that the Vikings are in. No one wants to play in Minnesota, from what I know of, uh, mm-hmm. and obviously with with Kirk Cousins sitting there, 
there's not really much else to do except for just re-sign and re- retain a guy. Yeah. But the sad thing is, is with our, like a lot of people will say, a very sexy roster on paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not just Northern Minnesota analysts. It's not people that only cover the Vikings that think so. It's people who look at our roster and say, how the hell does this team not battle and battle in the NFC North better than they did last year? And how do they not win multiple playoff games every year? Obviously, it's nice with us beating the Saints two of the past three years. Mm-hmm. But it, it just seems like our roster deserves higher expectations. And with a quarterback like Kirk Cousins and even Case Keenum for that one game against Eagles, it was just disappointing. But yeah. it's a little scary because which team was better, the Case Keenum-led team or the Kirk Cousins-led yeah. team last year? Wait, it's bothered me that we poison. It hasn't bothered. It has bothered me that we haven't gone out there and tried to get um, somebody different. You know, like a a quarterback. You know, take a shot at a later round guy. Um, that yeah. we just kind of just keep going with the same old. You know, we don't want to take a risk. It seems like it's just like let's see what we can. You know, get out there on the market and try and get something different. You know, I mean. I'm not saying you can get Russell Wilson, but you see guys like Russell Wilson. You see guys like Tom Brady. I'm not saying that we're guaranteed to find one of those guys, but you do occasionally find those guys that are available mid to late rounds that end up being stars. Yeah. So that's where the Kirk Cousins, I I think it's just a safe play for the Vikings as of now. Yeah. Uh, But I, I just have all, I always have high expectations and it seems again this year, like, where did we do to get better besides maybe the rookies? I don't know. Michael Pierce helps, yeah. but like with Linval, is that a wash? We don't know yet, of course. It's younger. So it's all... That's a big thing to me, yeah, at least, yeah. is that he is younger. I do agree with that. So a lot of Vikings talk. I think that's about all we got for that. Uh, yep. Let's think wider. Timberwolves, obviously, the new general manager made a ton of moves earlier this season. Uh, as of now, the NBA wants to finish. Chris Paul, the head yep. of the Players Association, said they want to finish the season. And that's a good news for sports fans. Mm-hmm. Now, that could be horrible news for the history of the NBA. Yeah. Because they're going to be changing start dates. They're going to be changing the length of the season. Uh, obviously, you'd have an asterisk around the season anyway, kind of like you would for the lockout season. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they take it. LeBron obviously said they need about three or four weeks of pure games or regular season schedule games before you're ready for a playoff, just based on mm. athleticism. And that's just, that's a doesn't, I know yeah. it doesn't seem like it's going to be very easy to do, but is it so, worth it to push back the start of next season, you know, or should they find something that'll keep them on track? Let's say they have to do a month, like like LeBron says, mm-hmm. of regular season, and then the playoffs. Let's say they don't expedite it and don't make it very quick compared to the rest of history, mm-hmm. like last season. Let's say that's a three month season still. Yeah, to one because the playoffs are easily two months. Yep. So we're we're already near the end of May. You're getting towards the end of September, and that's when the season's starting to yeah, start think about the beginning of the season. So I mean, maybe you consider doing a shorter playoffs. I think it would be – well, first of all, I'm in favor of the first round already being shorter than seven. Yep. I'd yep. be fine if the second round was shorter than seven. 
Plus, I think is, I think all leagues must start a play-in for the number one overall pick tournament, and the seeding <laughs> of that tournament goes with the draft order because I do agree that we were on the tank train for the Wolves this year. Oh, man. Yep. But I also do think it's just so much better for a league and for teams to have to put something out there, even if there's nothing to play for regarding this season. So would it be sick to see the Wolves lose a tournament in the first round and still have a a bad pick, have a 13 or 14 pick? I mean, the issue would suck. The areas where you start to run into issues with that is like, let's say you want the first overall pick, right? And you've got an older veteran guy or whatever, a player, and he's a really good, or he's a good point guard, right? And let's say the consensus top uh, player in that year's draft is a great point guard. Are you going to try your best to go out and draft to, so they can draft your theoretical replacement? No. You're going you're gonna to go out there and tank. And it could even be a bigger issue in football. There's... If the top prospect is a quarterback and you're the – like, let's say let's say – you're the Bengals right now this year and you're Andy Dalton and you know that they're going to take Joe Burrow with the first overall pick. What are you going to do? Are you going to go out there and go play hard so Joe Burrow can come and steal your starting spot? No, but you're going to play hard because if you don't, you're never going to get signed again in the history of the league, yeah. right? I don't know you about that, but why? There's no such thing as you can't You can't go out there and not try. But Otherwise, the, you're not going to play. If, if the Bengals don't draft Joe Burrow, Andy Dalton still – a bangle right now. No, Ben, you just said if he went and threw the games. Yeah. There's no possible way he would get signed if he was throwing games. But I'm saying he wouldn't get cut. Why would he? If they didn't have Burrow, they wouldn't be cutting. He wouldn't have to be worried about getting cut. But would they even bring him back? That, I don't think you know? that lines up. I think they, because... I mean, they only, they only cut him because of the fact that they had Burrow. Well, they could have kept. It's not like just because they have Burrow mean that means they can't have Dalton. They could have kept Dalton for a little while. Well, what's the situation? Will they, if they? I don't. I don't get how that that doesn't make any sense to me. What do you mean? Be, because first of all, pe- professional athletes don't go out and try to lose. First of all, and then second of all, they were gonna if they're gonna draft a quarterback anyway. What's the Obviously, you're going to want it. I don't know. If you're on the team, you're going to want it to be the best player available. I mean, but maybe they don't draft a quarterback. If they don't have, if they theoretically had the second overall pick and not the first, I don't think they take to a tongue of Iloa. They take. Uh, I know, but, but, but then you're saying, you're saying Andy Dalton's going to go throw the games until they don't win, right? I mean, just saying in the playing games. I know, but then he's then the Bengals are going to cut him, and then he's never going to get signed again, right? You can't. So who can't is, throw games? Why would they cut him if they don't have an option at quarterback besides him? Because if because they don't win. Because if Ben, if I was a starting quarterback for the Vikings and yeah. I purposely lost a game, you think they'd resign me? Are you joking? I mean, if it, Kirk Cousins intentionally lost a game, who are we going to start at quarterback outside You're, of him? I, anyone Kirk. besides Kirk Cousins? I'll tell you that. Right. Somebody. Who wants to win? Think about this. Pete Rose bet on himself, Ben. Right. And he's not going to be able to allow it in the Hall of Fame, and he's not allowed in Cincinnati's park. And he bet, on, he bet on the Reds. It's that bad. 
So maybe they don't throw it, but I still don't think they put in max effort at the very least. Andy Dunn's not going to be out there trying to win. He's going to be playing, but he might not intentionally like be like make it obvious, but you're not going to go out there and try and play hard for your replacement. Oof, I don't know. Because think about the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Minnesota Timberwolves having a bad season, obviously. Yep. We were in tank mode. Uh, then it puts you out there to have to go prove something instead of being able to tank and try to win a lottery. Uh, obviously, the lottery is trying to demote tanking, but right. I think I think this tournament would be the case where who's the ninth seed? Like the Pelicans, I think right now. Yeah, Pelicans would have to go would have to go force themselves and beat beat the Timberwolves. Where the Timberwolves, if they make a run, then you earn it. I don't know. And obviously, the I think the biggest con would be if one team is always in 15th place, let's say in a mm-hmm. conference or last place, right. and they can't win the tournament because they're just not good, then they're never going to get draft picks, which means they're not going to get yeah. good. Exactly. That, that's the other issue with this is it just means the like the mediocre teams get the best players, where in reality, the worst teams need the best players more so. Yeah, I, I just think it's something to bring the fire to because remember, everybody in these professional sports leagues are still good. And even the bad teams are good, but so you can still put it together for a couple games. I think yeah. that's where it's beneficial. But I do also think there has to be a certain perfect way to do it because it's tough. Maybe you break it up into two or three tournaments and you just do like the bottom four teams, the next four teams, and then the next. Four I've always teams. said I wouldn't mind. The only I wouldn't do a tournament. I just say let the worst team and the second worst team battle it out for the first overall pick. Yeah, or That's something like that. That's perfectly fine for me because I just think there's way less of a difference between having one and two in a lot of draft classes, at least, versus having, you know, one versus pick 10 or whatever. So, the what were we talking about? The Timberwolves tank mode. Hopefully, we can win the lottery. That's going to be a huge day. We've mentioned this before. We still yeah, the lottery is supposed to happen today. It was supposed oh. to be today? Yeah. That's, That's rough sad. to hear. That's rough to hear. Would have been it would have been nice. That's crazy. Uh, obviously they yeah, that is crazy. Obviously, we would love it if the lottery still happens as normal for the to rule of sake, or if they changed it to be we automatically get the two or whatever our record was would have been nice also. But who knows what it's gonna be. Uh, we don't know when, I don't think either, unless it's been announced. But no. Twins news, uh, the only thing I've seen in the past two weeks was Rich Hill wants to be healthy for the new opening day. I saw that would uh, be huge. Obviously, that is a beneficial thing. He's 40 years old. Nickname is Big Dick Rick. Uh, his curveball is one of the meanest in the game. He had a sub 2.5 ERA last year on my fantasy team before he got hurt. He's a monster. He plays for the Dodgers with, with nice defense. So that helps. Uh, but the, the Twins are just as good as at defense, I could say, as the Dodgers. Except for maybe maybe the arm in right field, but uh, I think having him as your number three, may, possibly it depends on what exactly the Twins would want to do. Mm-hmm. Having him as your three, four, or five would be beautiful. Uh, a very very different mix than Oda Rizzi and uh, and Barrios. Obviously, as a southpaw and a guy who's going to very much change pace as change pitch with the pitches and the seventy-five mile per hour sweeping curveball. So. I think Rich Hill would be a huge key, but obviously with our pitching staff's pitching staff's depth right now, it's really not a necessity, but it's kind of just an added benefit of a great off season because mm-hmm. we have about seven very quality starting starting pitchers in the 
MLB, especially after Homer Bailey had a great season last year for the A's, and that was completely unexpected. Uh, Rich Hill continues to pitch good at 40 years old, at least 39 years old last year. Uh, and then people like Michael Pineda, who would have thought he was going to have a good year for the Twins, and he could have been starting game one if he wasn't suspended. So once he gets back, it's like, is that eight pitchers who are good starting pitchers? We'll see if I they mean, can continue to play their weight, but it's been looking good. Hopefully, hopefully it all works out. So the Twins, obviously, I think the Twins are the best Minnesota sports team right now with relativity to the league, followed by the Vikings, and then the Wild. Uh, wild news, basically nothing. Kaprizov will not be able to play for the upcoming year. Uh, yep. The NHL has made a decision that any guys um, that can sign for the upcoming season that haven't signed will not be eligible. So there's a few Russian guys that are, that'll affect besides Kaprizov. Um, St. Louis is Scott. There's uh, uh, not Scott Sandlin. Scotty. Um, Prunovich. Prunovich, thank you. Um, he won't be able to sign for the playoffs. And, you know, it's it's really unfortunate thing. I get that they're trying to avoid this, but you know, guys like Perinovich would probably already be eligible for playoffs. You know, what I mean, the Blues were going to make the playoffs, and normally that's that happens. These yeah. college kids will finish their seasons and play right away. Exactly, so it's a bummer for those kids for sure. Yeah, uh, I the did. NHL hasn't had any. Obviously, the NHL is not as publicized as the NBA and the NFL. And MLB they are even. they're like intentionally being quiet. Because I was talking to a guy today where um some sports writers and they're trying to smaller sports writers and they're trying to you know come up with um, clever things to write about. Just as we're like, okay, what are we supposed to talk about? They're struggling with that same thing. And of this course. specific writer, um, he wanted to interview a player, um, Capo Capo Kakenin or Capo. Yep, um, yep, yep, yep. For the Capo Rangers. Capo Kakin. Capo Kakin. Um, because Wait, Cape... who? For the Rangers? Yes. Yeah, second Capo overall Kako. pick. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking of what the, the, the Wilds uh, back of yeah. goalie. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. So this is Capo Kako, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, That's crazy. And yeah, yeah. he has diabetes. And this um, writer also has diabetes. So he wanted to, you know, talk to him about what it's like being an athlete with diabetes, right? Yeah, and like he was completely shut down by like, you know, agents. No, nobody wanted him to do it to talk. You know, they don't want their players talking basically at all about anything. So, have we heard yeah. any start date? Well, this is interesting. The U.S. and Canada increased or closed their borders again for another month yep. to non-essential people. So, unless there's some caveat that NHL players can go back, it would have to be at least a month. They're wait at least a month for players to get back to their training facilities. Wow. So see, that's where the NHL's in trouble. Yeah. Uh, just based on a, a large amount of Canadian players, American travel. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so where the NBA, even with Toronto and then obviously, and this is Toronto would be much easier. Cause all you have to do is get the players here and then they're just going to have to play somewhere else than in yeah. Well, I yep. think that, so, that would be the plan. They're going to be playing somewhere central. Yeah. They could go so, play. So the, I mean, the heck, why not play also, in Seattle? Seattle's still got mm-hmm. a stadium there. and is, is individual cases because I'm sure, like Miguel Sano, he's down. I believe he is down in the, in the Central America yep. where he's from. 
can't remember what country now that I said it. Uh, I think the Dominican. I think he's in the DR right now. I think yeah. a lot of these MLB players went home. And well, yeah, a lot for them, a lot of that is overseas. So well, it's the same thing for the NHL too. Yeah, NHL, same thing. Just I'm different sure directions. Back. So yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how those because like with the NFL, you won't have to worry about it because a lot of guys are. Are they? Guys are American. There's so only be, a handful of Canadians, and mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see how the leagues approach coming back. But yeah, I think so not that far off. Baseball seems the closest. They mm-hmm. do have their July second plan of resuming spring training and then having an 82 game season with different divisions. Basically, the divisions would go strictly off of your location, and they would forget about NLAL. So yeah. basically the twins would be very similar. I think it was us, Cleveland, Milwaukee, because they're obviously really close. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas Detroit. City. I, I, and, and Detroit was in there. So it was the very Cubbies, similar. Probably. Oh, yeah, probably the Cubbies. Cubbies and the White Sox. They, Cubbies and the White Sox and no Kansas I mean, to City. Me, then, so they're saying it would be by the location instead of NLAL? Yeah. So to me, so the what it would Cubbies, make... White Sox, Brewers, and Tigers. Yeah, I would because... actually exclude... Well, I would almost, I would actually almost go more Twins, Brewers, Cubs, Sox, Cardinals, Royals, because that's all right in that central Midwest. And then like Detroit, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh um, is all another, oh. that would make another regional, you know, Phillies are right there too. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. It, and it, and that's all speculative too, yeah. but they do have a report out there right now talking about it i'm sure i'll be sitting right down right now there's a group of people discussing it uh the thing about the mlb that would be super cool and i think is overdue is a universal dh yep because of the al nl merger there mm-hmm. would be a dh in every single game when they're talking about it just I to also beneficial also they're talking about it because it's gonna very much pr- help protect pitchers not putting pitchers out there to bat as well because we're looking at a shortened season which could mean for some pitchers on um, smaller rosters, more pitching time if we're trying to squeeze games closer together. And it, and it, with the new rules of you have to face three batters, I think yep. that obviously is to speed up the game. And then maybe pinch hitting batters and not letting pitchers hit will also help. Mm-hmm. It's just it – just, I've never enjoyed watching interleague games where we're away. No. Because first of all, Last season, Nelson Cruz didn't play for three games at a time. Right. And that's taking one of our best bats, obviously one of the best bats out of a baseball game and out of the league yeah. for a three-game stance. That sucks. And then you started hearing, well, if the Twins make the World Series for when we were on our heater, uh, what would they do? Would they put Nelson Cruz in right field? But then you take out Max Kepler slash Eddie Rosario slash Byron Buxton. Mm-hmm. So you're taking a player who's very talented on most teams as a – DH Hunter Pence was the DH last year, for example, in Texas. These are players. If you're trying to if you're trying to sell tickets, you can't have Nelson Cruz sitting out no. for a three game series. And so that's what sucks. First of all, then it also changes the game completely based on if you have if you have an out and the eighth batter up, you can you can battle with that eighth batter as much as you want because there's a pitcher coming up and it's a guaranteed out theoretically. Yep. Mm-hmm. Unless they can lay down a good bunt. If there's two outs, you can, you basically have your third out up, except if it's Zach Granke or Bumgarner or Michael Lorenzen. But like, and, and obviously, I think you should have it if the pitcher wants to hit 
then they can still hit. Yeah. The DH has a lot of weird rules where if you sub out the DH, the, even in the AL, the pitcher has to go in. I mm. hate that. Yeah. I think if Nelson Cruz pulls a hammy, you should not have to put a pitcher in that position. I think you should be able to sub in Jason Castro last year or this year you could sub in Alex Avila. So uh, stuff like that is that I think it's long overdue. Yes, it changes some statistical situations about baseball and some stats and obviously baseball – is so much analytical stuff that it's been able to be tracked even for yeah literally a hundred years. To me, it just makes it uh, a better game. It just though. changes it's a better it, game. I agree. It's nobody. Mm-hmm. Listen, the only arguments I've ever heard is people love to see you know the pitcher hit a home run because it's a rare thing. Just like okay, you get to see a pitcher hit a home run once every you know, you know once every two to three years or so. You know what I haven't it, how often does it happen? An individual, an individual pitcher, yes. A lot of these, I mean, a pitcher probably hits a home run like once a week, I'd say. But each individual pitcher, yeah, like once every yeah. three or four years, unless you're Zach Greinke. There's a few that change the mold. Bartolo Colon did it like once in his 25 year career. Or so, and he played at, he played in a lot of NL teams, which is crazy yeah. to think about because I think it was like 500. I can't remember what it was. It was like 500 at bats, which for a pitcher, that's just unreal. Right. He's playing every five, every five games. Like looking at it, the guy that leads the league in all time MLB home runs by a pitcher is a guy by the name of Wes Furl. He hit 38 home runs. That's it. 38 home runs over a 14 year career. So obviously, Babe Ruth would have beat that back in the but 20s. He only, he only pitched for a couple of years until he, he only pitched when he was on Boston. So. Right. A lot of people would, I guarantee, would would have guessed Babe Ruth, including myself. I still would have guessed Babe Ruth, but obviously he's, home runs and and numbers like that were just different. He's at fourteen, uh, was, so he's behind even like Jim yeah, Cat, Madison Bumgarner, Cy Young, Walter I watched, Johnson. I, I watched Madison Bumgarner hit home runs in spring training. Uh, uh, BP. Yeah, it was unbelievable. He was <laughs> one of the more exciting players to see hit. Because the kid, the kid just was raking, and it was every single pitch was loud and explosive off the bat. But does Madison Bumgarner want to be out there? Probably. Yeah. And that's where if if he wants to be, and you and the coach thinks he's the best opportunity, then st- you put him out there as your DH yeah. and then let him pitch. Madison Bumgarner is probably one of the few players that's actually probably upset right now. I think Otani is the same thing. If he wants to pitch and he wants to hit, they should let him. Obviously, even my head coach in high school didn't want if you're pitching, he still didn't want you to hit because he wanted you to focus. Right. But like, if you're talented enough to be Otani and hit and pitch, then let him do it in the same game. That's just my opinion. Just so don't for- stuff. Just don't force players to do it essentially, because that's just so let's, silly. Yeah. So let's get into our last topic. All right. Uh, ben, should we get into that Jordan slash LeBron? Yeah, we plays? can. I think we can do that pretty quick. Yeah, so we can do that do really that quick. So, what was it? It was a survey given to a ton of fans? Yeah, I don't know exactly what the details behind it are. It's just a thing I found on Twitter. And it appears I'm not exactly sure which year or whatever, but um, it's essentially a survey given to uh, fans through ESPN, and they answered which one they who they thought was better in that specific area. Was it um, LeBron or MJ was it or Jordan? LeBron. Yeah. So, obviously we've some of us have been very vocal on the MJ LeBron dis- discussion. Obviously I was a Michael Jordan believer until two seasons ago when LeBron carried that team, carried that Cavaliers team to a finals appearance. 
uh, and then all of a sudden, I was right. I was all in on LeBron, and it was interesting. And now, of course, with this documentary coming out, and just with the vast majority of people believing it, I start to doubt myself. But I still obviously want to stand strong. Jordan's an MJ guy for sure. Ben, what would you say you are? I'm a Jordan guy. Or sorry, I'm okay, a LeBron so, guy. Excuse me. Why did I say? I was gonna say, Hunter. What do you have a do you have a take on that? Oh, Hunter's not in here. Oh man. Oh, Hunter disconnected a while ago. I didn't even realize that. Sorry, Hunter. Sometimes he's sometimes he's quiet. So that's <laughs> tough. I could send him an invite here. Uh I know I I know it's a very tough situation because they are so so great at their own things, yep. especially mm-hmm. with Jordan just being the offensive threat, but then he was a nuts defender. So let's get into this thing. Just name a couple of them. So the 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 problem is is I'll just spoil it now. The survey, every single thing, Michael Jordan wins. And so right there is a red flag. Let's get into a couple of the categories. Um, just for example, do the ones that obviously Michael Jordan should win. So yeah, right? hold on. I'm, I'm trying to pull it up right now at the moment. I think one of them was the better offensive player. Yeah. yeah I, I would. If you're talking about true scoring, Michael Jordan is a better true scorer than LeBron James. That's not what makes LeBron James an all-time great. Uh, what made all – MJ an all-time great is he could drop 34 on you and shoot zero threes. I believe was uh, one so, was the most dynamic or more, which is yeah, almost so exciting. I, I've got, like that. Got, got a couple of them here. So thank you. Uh, pick for the game winning shot. 76% was Michael Jordan. 26 so I've seen some, was LeBron. I've seen some nuts stats about that. I think LeBron's percentages are completely two or three times better in elimination games. Like, yeah. Michael but did took, you I um I can't remember what episode it was. It was one of them from Sunday. But uh it's when they were playing the Pacers. Yeah. And uh Reggie Miller was talking about how on the last second shot they made Jordan double clutch and he still yeah. almost made it. I mean, yeah. in my opinion, from what I've seen from both of them, I would pick Jordan just because he's just so clutch. And if he wants to win, he's gonna win, you know? But yeah. I don't. It's tough I, because stats-wise, it's tough fair, to it's yeah. it's tough to say who's better. But here we go. LeBron's had his fair share, and even against the Timberwolves, uh, what was it? Now it's two seasons ago. Now they had that three quarters of the court yeah. uh, inbounds pass from Kevin Love, and he catches it at the free throw line and hits a fadeaway. It's like, yeah, dang. But, or that fadeaway three he hit in the corner uh, from deep three point range last second two years ago. Also, he's had a lot of shots. But mm-hmm. keep going, Ben. On some I, these so categories. I want us to bring up. So one of the big things I think is um, people talk about like, you know, oh, uh, MJ's the killer. You know, he, you know, last shot, you know, he won the ball in his hands. And then they even talked about him making taking that pass to Steve Kerr and letting Steve Kerr take that shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but nobody wants to, but they, you know, it, it's like, come on. Like, I'm not saying at all that Jordan wasn't a great shooter. Nobody, I don't think, but I mean, you know, many people say that, but I'm just saying like, here's a good example of him passing up the shot and giving it to him. To giving it to Steve. Oh, but that's not a that's not a negative thing at all. No, it's not no, a negative thing at all. But I'm just saying, if when LeBron does anything like that, that he's lambasted, that he's attacked for it, and said uh, Jordan would never do that, Kobe would never do that, and it's just like, come on. So I want to go over the ones that I think that it's very unfair that LeBron, um, maybe not necessarily that he loses it, but also but the percentages. Yeah. So um. And so this is oh no, it's more amazing, a... not more exciting. So 
uh, more likely to win one-on-one to me when 67% LeBron, uh, Jordan, 33% LeBron, which I think is insane. I think the gap's pretty nuts, but I do. I think I would honestly pick Michael Jordan I, based on the fact that it was an isolation league back yes. then, and he created that. Mm-hmm. But I think, uh, and the fact that makes LeBron LeBron is his ability to make his teammates better. I think the uh, percentage so, is a little insane because I think LeBron would certainly hold his own. Um, positive impact off the court when sixty-two percent to LeBron <laughs> or sixty-two percent to Jordan, thirty-eight percent to LeBron. It's just like um, LeBron built the school. LeBron. But- has look what he did the city what jordan did to the city of chicago though look what they did to the city of uh, cleveland i'm not i'm not i'm not saying that i'm not saying that lebron has had a better impact but it's not like jordan had an impact on culture and society um yes and lebron has on our culture right now i do i do agree with the fact that he made that the nba huge Based on the fact that he was a he was a Showtime guy that everybody wanted to see, hundred percent. The thing that's a little sketchy is like all the positive things LeBron's done for yeah, yeah. Cleveland and all those yeah. kids and the kids that he sent to college. I don't even think what was the exact terminology, Ben? Positive impact. Positive impact off the court. I think the NBA like growing hundred percent Michael Jordan, not even close based on the fact that LeBron joined when the mm-hmm. when the league was already huge based on Michael Jordan. Right. But I think like positive impact within a community and like a humanity setting. Yeah. I don't even sure. think it's close. Or like even for me, like when they talked about in the documentary, his unwillingness to um support that senator or whatever is like, well, I didn't and there's know no him. problem. With no, that. no, that's what I'm saying. But like, he's like, well, I don't mm-hmm. know him or anything. And like, it's just like, but he didn't even want to take the chance to like learn about him, like, and try to realize, like, to me, I think you should see that as a major problem. Like this guy was, you know, an outward racist and that, you know, all this awful stuff where LeBron is more willing to um, step out and speak out um, yep. on issues. And I'm not saying every athlete has Agreed. to speak out on those issues. I'm not saying Le- Jordan had to speak out on that issue, but the fact that LeBron is, if we're looking at just purely positive impact off the court, you have to look at those kind of issues. You know what I mean? That's 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 like the big part of this. Yep. And so I do agree, Michael. Like I, you can't even bash Michael Jordan for acting that way, based with the nope. with the situation, because like, what you want? Like I respect him for not talking about a guy he had no clue who, right. who he was. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't either, and I would encourage other people not to do that either so it's like that's like not a problem for me at all but the with the school and all the different things that lebron's done for like yeah. kids in in his area it's yeah it's crazy but i guess to me like i was saying it's like you know um he talked about you know he's a basketball player that's his main thing and that's just kind of i'm not i'm saying you can be that guy you can go whichever way you want you do what you're yep. comfortable with but when you're looking at a positive impact off the court that's what kind of sets them apart also for me um, another one that I thought was a little insane. Um, this one was really crazy. Is uh, the, it was closer. Fifty nine percent said Jordan. Forty one percent said LeBron. Better passer. That's insane. Give me, to me a break. Come on. Give me a break. Podcast. Come on. Jordan. Like Jordan was LeBron known for James not passing top, even. LeBron James is a top five passer of all time. Behind you can argue he's even better. It's like Magic but- Stockton. Um, Steve Nash. Steve Nash. You don't have much people that you can say better than LeBron. He's yeah. going to be top three in assists of all time. He doesn't just make an easy pass. He obviously makes 
X amount of flashy passes every game. It's it's LeBron James is a facilitating player that is happens to be six nine. Yeah, he's not a true scorer. He's not a true point guard, but he does everything you need someone to do. The passing situation is a joke. LeBron James is a better passer than Michael Jordan because LeBron James is a better passer than 99.999% of NBA players yep. ever. So give me a break on that one. What else was the other uh, one? Preferred teammate was a landslide. 63% said Jordan. 37% said LeBron. And I know that, you know, like they talk about that he was a tough teammate. You know, he wanted everyone to win. They wanted everyone on his level. And I think if you say that you'd want to have Jordan as a teammate, I think you're nuts. You know what I mean? I get that you want to win and everything, but I don't think most yep. people have the mental makeup, the mental capacity to deal with his bullying, essentially. You know what I mean? It's like um, he wanted to win, and that's fine. But I think that most people couldn't handle what he dished out. Um, but do we know what, if it, was it? Do we know what LeBron's like? I mean, that's as fair. we've learned, we learned a lot about who MJ was on the court through this documentary. Not, not I know, a lot of people knew about that, you know? I know LeBron is historically a good teammate. Uh, people will criticize him that don't like the play style that comes along with it where the ball goes through him. Yeah. But I think teammate-wise, people, people like NBA players that have been his teammates have always talked about how he was the best teammate and the smartest teammate and stuff like that. Uh, and I think the motivation styles are very different where, Le- where Michael Jordan was punching you in your face. LeBron's going to be a little bit more – same thing with Kobe. Kobe was punching you in your face, but, like, LeBron is a little more, let's do this, let's go win this game. And, basically, like, it's – like, pick your poison. But, I mean – It's obviously not all- easy to play with someone like LeBron yeah. James because of, the, because of the play style. It's it's almost – every single time the ball is down the court, it's with him. So Yeah, either way, I think it's – even if you want to say it'd be easier to have Jordan, I think as a landslide, 63 to 37% just seems like way too much. So is there any other ones that were crazy? Um, I mean, they threw in shoe stats. I'm not even going to throw out those numbers because nope. they're like best no. signature uh, sneaker for style and fashion and best signature st- sneaker for performance. I'm like, come on, Obviously. you're talking about one of the most iconic shoes out there, and it really doesn't affect anything as a basketball player. And they put out better look, too, and I'm like, I think Jordan has, or LeBron had a better look. It all has to do with fashion, you know. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people loved the fashion look back in, you know, the 90s that he, that Jordan rocked, and we like LeBron's fashion because it's all subjective and all has to do with airs, but it's just like, the sneaker one was just silly to me. It's just like, people don't rock LeBron's and that's perfectly fine. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. What's crazy was the fact that everybody or Michael Jordan, won all of the, all of them, a little bit of a red flag, but we just needed to mention a couple of those. Uh, yeah. The passing one and the yeah. team. team but I mean, it's a poll from, yeah, of course, it's just regular people. It's not like, I'd be really intrigued to actually get some demographics on this poll and see like how many um, people over the age of 30 did they poll? How many under the age, you know, in the, in their twenties and younger and like how that all went. So let's get into the last topic. Shout out right. to Jordan LeBron. I don't think that's going to be a conversation. I think it's never going to end unless LeBron 
wins five of his last six, and then people switch over to LeBron. But otherwise, I don't think it's ever going to end. You know, to me, I always or used to... if my, if LeBron wins three and he finishes with three, I think people would yeah. start to switch. And it's I always used to argue LeBron hardcore for LeBron and everything. But like ever since like the passing of Kobe, I'm just kind of like they're all great. Why can't we all just say yeah. they're great and no, I'm kind of move on that. and kind of over the whole argument, especially since, you know, one of these guys is still in the league and it's really hard to make an argument for or against a guy that's still playing and still racking up stats. So we're going to try to get Isaac in here and talk about that hot take. Uh, but first, we want to see. do the... Uh, well, let's talk do that about next week. Team okay. Let's do that next week because Isaac's here. I'm trying to get him in to the link. Uh he he. So Isaac's take was that Joe Burrow, of the four quarterbacks in the NCAA football playoff last year, Joe Burrow will be the worst in the NFL. Which want to go include, over that to remind you that would be uh, Justin Fields, uh, yep. Tua Tagovailo, or no, Ohio State didn't make it. I'm try- crazy. It's Trevor Lawrence. It's no uh, Justin oh, Fields yeah. is one of them. Justin Fields Tua mm-hmm. isn't. That's where I'm getting around there. It's Justin Fields, it's Trevor Lawrence, it's Jalen Hurts, and it's Joe Burrow. Yep, so he says, and then I also threw into, uh, which makes it five players, he thinks Joe Burrow will be the worst NFL quarterback. Uh, he is using their college football stats as the help based on the Justin Fields had an insane freshman or first-year playing season, yep. which is obviously – you can use that as judgment. It's just obviously it's hard to say because there's good, super good in college. They're going to be great in the NFL. So let's try to get him in here. I've texted Why him. Why is not in there? Um, what do you think the numbers have looked like on Jordan's shoe sales? Um, I guarantee you they're spiking. They've got to be skyrocketing right now. Like mm. They're already a pop- popular shoe, but even I kind of want to – I don't own a single pair of Jordans at the moment. I've always kind of have wanted to. I've just never. There's, sadly to me, like the best shoes, uh, always come out at like you know a limited release, and I get that you know they don't want. It's kind of a unique thing with shoes is, but all the best looking ones are always on a limited release. It seems like to me, and I'm not one of those people that wants to sit outside till at two a.m. waiting for shoes. Yep, so there he is, Isaac. Welcome, Isaac. wants to camp outside at 2 a.m. for some shoes. What shoes are we getting? <laughs> ben was oh. talking, he was wondering about MJ sh- MJ's Jordan shoe sales they right now after this whole uh, last dance last night. Flint colorway. Pretty sick. Surprise drop. That's true. <laughs> no, like Flint. Like the Flint uh, Tropics? The Michigan. Yeah. Oh, they were nice. They were nice. I don't like not worth. Those are, I'm not. not I've never been a fan of like tag, that shape but... of shoe. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so One ninety. Yikes! We laid the backdrop of your take, and I want you to explain your take. reasoning why Joe Burrow will be the worst quarterback of Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, Tua, if we include him, and uh, Trevor Lawrence. Isaac? Uh-oh. Well, there he, there he goes. I'm, he's I'm, trying to get I'm in out. and out. I'm in. Fingers. 
<laughs> All, right, All right. So what what's take. your reasoning for the take? Now, let me let me let me start it off by saying this is not a single season assessment, and this is not a uh, legacy assessment. When history looks back upon the 2019 uh, college football playoff, we will remember Joe Burrow having the worst career of the four quarterbacks. In this order, Trevor Lawrence won, Justin Fields two, Jalen Hurts three, Joe Burrow four. So let's take two out of there. I, I, I was trying yep. to add two. Let's keep them up for us to take. So what is the reasoning? I mean, Trevor Lawrence I'm good with. I love I, I love take. Trevor Lawrence. Uh, yep. Uh, Joe Burrow had, in, in my opinion, and I think everybody's opinion, he had one good year of college football. Uh, one, actually, I shouldn't say that. He had an incredible year of college football and one very average year. Uh, he only played a total of two seasons besides sitting on the bench at Ohio State. Uh, there's a lot of risk there, especially having an absolutely stacked LSU team all around him on offense and defense. But the stats that he put up were unreal. His completion percentage, his accuracy, everything was nuts. So Isaac, yep. I know you're you're one of the things is yep. that it was a single season. So his, Joe Burrow chances, had right? possibly one of the best seasons of college football ever to be played by a quarterback ever. Period. And it's gonna it's hard to argue otherwise. Yeah. And I'm yep. a big Trevor Lawrence guy. But that's what yeah. – that's like Joe Burrow's legacy and that's what Joe Burrow built his career on was that one season. That is – so when we look back on the legacies of these four quarterbacks, the other three quarterbacks will, remembered by, will be remembered by their careers overall. Joe Burrow's legacy is solely tied to this one season of college and of college. whatever he does in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence, Alrighty. two solid years of college football. Hopefully two more, but in all, in all reality, one more. Beautifully played. Uh, Justin Fields, 41 touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, if you take away the two, only one interception in the regular season, that's insanity. No one's putting up those numbers. Jalen Hurts not only takes Alabama to a playoff, but then transfers and takes Oklahoma to a playoff. It's like the playoffs are following him. Yeah, Joe Burrow goes nine and three, gets kicked by a twenty nine to zip by an Alabama team his junior year that Trevor Lawrence would go on later to beat as a true freshman in the national championship. So one question: Is this a college resume or this is a, a col- solely NFL college resume. resume? This is college career resume. Okay, I took it a little different. Okay. Sorry. This is this so is keep going. as we look back. This is four or five years down the road. We will look back on this past year's college football playoff, realize how stacked these four quarterbacks were, but also realize that Joe Burrow was the fourth yeah. best. I shouldn't say worst, the fourth best, which possibly puts him in, still puts him in top six quarterbacks nationwide, right? But in the in the playoff alone, oh, easily he was the fourth best quarterback of the four teams. So with Justin Fields, he's a redshirt yep. sophomore this year, and so he has his yep. he has and two a lot years of eligibility proof. left. But he'll, but he'll. You think he'll probably leave if he has another good year after this one year? I think year? so. I don't see why you wouldn't draft stock. It's all about and draft then, stock. 
Lawrence, I don't see staying unless he gets hurt and wants to stay right. next year, but I can't see Lawrence mm-hmm. staying. So that means Lawrence would have three, three good college. years, assuming he Very plays tough. well. The thing about Lawrence is this year he started off very looking shaky. very un-Trevor Lawrence-esque, but then but then finished insane. I think he had like one pick for the last eight games or something like that. And mm-hmm. they ran into the sunset into the national championship game until they did run into Joe Burrow. So, so Jalen Hurts is one that obviously is over, so we can judge it now. You think his – I guess Joe Burrow's is too. So the sad – and the hard thing for I think a lot of the people that would listen to your take about that is how is Jalen Hurts' career better than yep than uh, Joe yep. Burrow's? My biggest both thing I would point to there is Jalen Hurts, and this is where the arguments get shaky. This is the only one I'd be willing to give up room on is Jalen Hurts being worse than Joe Burrow. However, at this moment for the at college this, career, yep, um, career as a whole. However, I would look yep. back to. Jalen Hurts not only leading Alabama to a playoff, okay, and would have been would have been probably yep. a national title for sure, national championship if not national title if he didn't get hurt. Then transferring to Oklahoma and taking then taking them to the national um, to the college football playoff, mm-hmm. like that's insane. Not only do you do you take your former school and he you took your school your what was that his sophomore year to the playoff or his junior. Yep. So his sophomore year and junior playoff. year, right? They went both years. Alabama no longer makes the playoff and then takes his new school to the playoff. So that is kind of crazy. I think the fact that LSU was such a powerhouse obviously helped because they will end two are getting hurt helped that they didn't make the playoffs. But I think the fact that he made Huge. the playoffs with Oklahoma was super important because Huge. he had an insane season. Mm-hmm. He had like 5,000 passing yards, a bunch of rushing yards, touchdowns all over the place. And obviously, Jalen Hurts had a – well, I've, did he get yep. second in the Heisman voting, I would assume, behind Burrow's historic season? If uh, Joe Burrow didn't nuts. do what so, Joe Burrow did this I season, to... Jalen Hurts would be holding Heisman. And we'd have a third Oklahoma quarterback in a row with yeah. the Heisman, which is insane. Yeah. So he better have won it at least if Burrow wasn't to have been there. Uh, so – I would have to look at it in as a whole for the three seasons and have it in front of me, and I don't have that as of now. But honestly, would I for would I rather have had three years of Jalen Hurts or six years of a backup or four years of a backup quarterback, and then one really super really good year like Burrow had? But he got the ring. But Hurts has, I think Hurts has two rings. Joe Burrow, no, one ring. Joe Burrow got Clemson, a ring. Or lost correct. To but he also had his entire offense drafted. He had an entire, basically an NFL offense alongside him to work with. Yeah, and they ran an NFL-style offense, too. That helps helps the great coaching staff. So I think, obviously, so Hertz has a ring. I believe he got hurt or pulled in the first half, and Tua had to come back and win that game for them. Uh, But Hertz still gets a ring from that game. Just because he didn't play doesn't mean he wasn't on the team. And he was the starting quarterback all year. So to get to the national championship, he has to have some credit. So Hertz has a ring and two two other really good years of college football. So already he has three seasons compared to Joe's one. The difference is, is Joe's one was ridiculous, while Jalen Hertz's had two very solid ones and one ridiculous one, being the one with Oklahoma, I would say. So I take that 
as something that you look at it depending on whose glasses you're looking through, you know. Uh, it's either you, you're on the side that Jalen Hurts had a better three years of starting quarterback or you take Burrow's one-point one point marginal because of how average they were two seasons ago at LSU. It's it's up to you. It's at the eye of the beholder there. And with the other two guys, Fields and, and Lawrence, mm-hmm. I think Lawrence is unbelievable. He's got one loss in his career. Uh, I'm already with you there that his career is arguably better than Burrow. Mm-hmm. And if and if they go and win a bunch this year, and let's say they win it out and don't and don't lose until the championship or win the championship, I don't see how you could argue Burrow had a better technical college career than than Lawrence because of two rings. Let's say if they win a, a second so, game, if, plus if Clemson one goes loss. on to win so, the national championship this oh, yeah. year, it will be hard to argue that Trevor Lawrence is not one of the best college football play, quarterbacks that we have ever seen, ever. Yeah. So I was having sure. some technical he, issues earlier. I'm back. Hi. Um, so I want to throw out a few things that I have an issue with Jalen Hurts that maybe I think hurt his legacy a lot. You mentioned that Burrow had all these weapons. Well, yep. I mean, it's not like he, there was a shortage of weapons ever in Oklahoma either. He had some serious talent on offense and he played in the Big 12. And let's be honest. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I'm talking about for that one, for, for this one most year. recent year, his best year, he played in the Big 12. And I mean, I think to me, that's a huge knock for him. I see. Or not a huge knock, but I think that downgrades it a little bit. Um, his other two years at Alabama and his year at Oklahoma, is he known as kind of that guy that was never able, never able to get it done? You know, he had to get pulled in the national championship for them to win that game. He couldn't get that game done. He couldn't win that game. For... I know, but think about it. Clemson, Clemson probably prepared no, you're for right. two weeks to, to, to beat Jalen Hurts. It's, it's, it's hard to think because yeah, that game is like a stain, but like it was a bad 30 minutes of football for him. It's like, is that, can you really, I don't know. It's tough for me to say, Oh yeah, he, didn't deserve it because that and I mean playing and, in another Burroughs got the Heisman defense, you know in Clemson um, and you know field yeah and I, I uh, Lawrence aren't there. finished I already mm-hmm. think Lawrence is ahead of Burrow for sure uh, another Heisman or another national championship or both for Lawrence yeah. would be huge um, if it if Lawrence can win like let's say theoretically Trevor Lawrence wins another national championship and Justin Fields wins the Heisman. I think both of them are ahead of Burrow legacy-wise because, you know, all three of them would have a Heisman then. Um, two of the guys would have multiple really elite great seasons. Uh, yeah. If Fields has two but good I, years, I need I think from Fields to put him yeah, above I'm Burrow legacy-wise, I need either a Heisman or I need a national championship. If he doesn't, if he doesn't get either, I can't put him ahead of a guy no, I'm that has with you both. There. Even though he has one good year and you have two good years, it's like it's just not quite there for me. I am with you there, Ben. Isaac, well, what do you think thinking, about that? Okay, so you have I go back to um, I go back to LSU's twenty eighteen schedule when they went nine right. and three with some tough losses in there. You include Texas yeah. A&M, you know, the overtime loss, the huge yep. overtime loss. You include, include the 29 zip to Alabama, just get thumped by Alabama, the soon-to-be national uh, championship team that would lose to Clemson. Um, 
it's just tough because you look at no one's arguing that uh that um um Joe Burrow didn't have the possibly best season ever right. played by a quarterback ever in college. But you look at his career overall, yeah, he had a heck of a season. He also had some heck of a he had a heck of a help. So I'm wondering if you put Jalen Hurts in that situation at LSU that year, do they not still go whatever 14 and 0, 13 and 0? I think if you put Joe Burrow on Oklahoma, you absolutely win a national championship, though. Absolutely. You think if Burrow is on – oh, the problem is is that I think the difference between LSU this year and Oklahoma is so so different. There was three elite teams this year, uh, LSU, Alabama – or not Alabama, Clemson, and who was the three seed? Ohio State. Those were your three three elite teams – Four and five were Alabama and Oklahoma. Right. Even with an injured Tua, was that's why oh, they easily. weren't one of the elite teams. If Tua wasn't injured, they'd be up there in the elite and, team. And we're, for, be the four and we're forgetting the playoffs. that LSU was uh, half a play away from losing to Texas down in Texas, and that would that would that would end their that would end and their Alabama with Mac exactly. Jones. That would end their campaign. No, right not if they win the SEC though. They still, I think, would win the SEC even if they lose. Well, they would have beat. Well, let's say they would. And I mean, it, still beat Alabama. And Texas and, yeah, and LSU. That was still. So that was. Right I mean, I'm not a big fan of. Well, as a prospect, Sam Ellinger down in Texas. I think he's a good college quarterback. That was one. Of, that was an amazing quarterback duel between those two. They both it's a legend. Amazing. You're saying that Oklahoma fall. You know, fell short on defense. As always, kind of, you know, that's where they're, that's where they're, yeah, they fell short for sure. And LSU was stacked on defense and offense this year. So that's where I mean, Oklahoma was super stacked on offense, which, you know, that helped Hurts a lot. You know, they had CD Lamb, an elite, you know, NFL prospect. Um, I think his name was extremely good. Their offensive line, yet again, was amazing. Um, Well, here's the deal. But, but LSU had Jefferson right. and Jamar Chase. Which LSU probably better did than Justin not Jefferson. need Joe Burrow to go off for the best season ever played by a college, by a quarterback to win a national championship. They had a roster that was set they up had to win two a NFL tight ends. They're, they could have won. You get a competent quarterback. You get a top whatever five quarterback in the country. Let's say one, two, three, four, or five. You're probably winning a national championship with that roster. It's what Gerald Burrow did, though, with that. You know, like he really is – he created it beautifully. I think it's what – you know, it's all about what's in between, you know, in between the ears for him, and that's a huge part of his game and why it worked so perfect for him, and it seemed to be a great fit in that offense. And I think Joe Burrow got a really rough – you know, um, he went to Ohio State originally, and he played behind, um, yet again, two elite college quarterbacks. Um JT uh, JT Bear, yep. I believe, was one of the guys correctly he played behind. Was is an NFL wide receiver, but it was a different offense and is really one of the best quarterbacks to come through Ohio State. And then um, his successor came out, Dwayne Haskins, and had yet again a uh, Heisman runner up, I believe, that year, a Heisman candidacy type year. And he was just kind of left there, you know, behind these yeah. two greats. Hertz had the luxury of never having that. You know what I mean? He came in and he came in just after the, I believe it was right after the uh, AJ era, correct? Um, he 
No, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. McCarron, I think he was the. But you can't before. even think about. I can't even think about who was in between there. So he kind of came into this area where he gets a fresh start and he gets a, you know, a spot ready for oh, him. Yeah. And... yeah, except for it's Alabama. I mean, that's true. You you put on the crimson jersey and all of a sudden you're getting a top five ranking in the preseason polls, no matter what. You're right because you're Alabama. You know? And I mean, and Nick Saban hasn't been afraid to start young quarterbacks either. You know, I mean, he wasn't afraid to throw Jalen Hurts out there as a youngster. He wasn't afraid to bench him for Tua Tagovailoa. He wasn't afraid to make all these, you know, very. I mean, Mac Jones is the start at Alabama yeah. for now, but don't be surprised if he gets benched. So that's a kind of a if you're a young if you're nope. I heard he's two out. His brothers, Joe Burrow, Calia transferred. No, he's- yeah, he Maryland. to his Maryland. brother went to Joe Burrow. Maryland. Yeah, they were the kid they recruited is nuts. That's the big thing. He's like nuts. Also, Spencer Rattler. There's your high for this kids year's a, season. Kids a bust. Spencer Rattler. Stop it. Kids a bust. No Stop way. It. Kids a bust. Kids gonna go in the kids gonna go to the playoff and As... get collapsed by Ohio State and Justin Fields by 40. okay. That's what, I, well, that's, that's what always happens to Oklahoma. You know, people always like, we need to ban who was it they always like Notre Dame from the playoffs, they were saying, but it's like, no, we probably should really ban Oklahoma from the playoffs if we're being honest. It's not who has well, blown Oklahoma it all the time in the, the in the playoffs now. I can't think of who it is all of a sudden. Here's here's my final point on Joe Burrow. Yeah. Here's my final point on Joe Burrow. Okay. Any other quarterback, Justin mm-hmm. Fields, Jalen Hurts. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, all three could have gone to Alabama and succeeded in the system. The system meaning they go in, Nick Saban starts them as a freshman, they go in, they compete for a national championship right off the bat. Trevor yep. Lawrence did it. He competed right off the bat. Yep. Justin Fields debatably should have won that Georgia job. He should have won, the- won a national cha- would have won a national championship if he won the Georgia job. I agree. Jaylen they had, they messed up because they had two quarterbacks, I think, win them a national championship in him and Eason. Right. But Jalen, Jalen, Jalen Hurts, obviously, and they picked from Jalen Hurts. Obviously, did what? go to the system, start as a freshman. Yep. But Joe Burrow needed his time at Ohio State to develop. Those True. other three quarterbacks did not need their time to develop. They stepped into the system, into the college um, game, and just succeeded right off the bat and competed for a natty right off the bat. I agree Joe with you Burrow, there. That is very, very. Joe Burrow Preach. needed his three, maybe you could argue his fourth as his uh, first year at LSU to get into the system and have his outstanding season. So when you look at the look at the career overall, those other three quarterbacks did not need their time to sit in, learn the system, learn the offense, learn the plays. They just got right in and competed for a national championship. And in Trevor Lawrence's case, won the national championship. You're 100% right. Yeah. To summarize, to summarize, I think for Lawrence, I think it already is unless he would something have a terrible really crazy year. happens negatively. Year. Uh, for Fields, mm-hmm. it is yeah. what it is. Fields Only is time on will track. Tell there. Agreed. And then that's your for Jalen Hurts, that air. is the eye of the that's yep. the eye of the beholder. That's I think debate. for the, for that one. But otherwise, Isaac, I'm not that I'm not that. Uh, Against that take of Joe Burrow having the worst and that's college not career to say of those four. he's going to be like a bust in the NFL no. or he's not – or he's, you know, no, he had the not best, at all. best season a quarterback has ever played in college and yep. possibly will ever play in college with one of the best rosters ever put together in college football. But 
Yeah, they got exactly. So I hope he does well in uh, the NFL. I hope he does well with the Bengals. I hope he succeeds. I hope he's not a bust. I hope his legacy goes on, but his legacy will forever tied to be to the tied be tied to that 2019 LSU roster. Very true. I mean, all these guys will be into their certain degree. You know, all these guys have loaded rosters too. To be fair, you know, I don't think you you don't get a legendary quarterback in general without a legendary roster. I think the only guy that I can think of that. You know, you consider a legend in college football that had a bad team. Uh, the number one thing that sticks out to me was John Elway at Stanford. Stanford was awful when he was there. And Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones didn't have that good of a career. That's <laughs> the weird kidding. thing. Duke. But you see all these guys, you know, I, Tim I know, Tebow had. Look joking. at the cast Tebow had. Look at the cast all these guys had. It's not actually. Clemson oh. had, you know, um, a second-round wide receiver this year. They'll probably have a first-rounder next year, first-round running back. list goes on and on and on. I mean – you can yeah. have when you are a young yeah. college quarterback, um, your legacy is really dependent on your supporting cast for sure. Right, for sure. Yep, on the that's big why teams. they're the contenders. Yep. So thanks for the scene. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thanks love for it. coming in at the end, uh, Ben Jordy Hunter. Ben Jordy Hunter, thanks for hopping on. Of course, uh, we'll try to get another episode in next week, uh, breaking down. The squad that we're choosing to build Might be just a mini-episode. Dream team. Might be a mini-episode. If it's possible. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. Maybe impossible task. But we'll see. Uh, thanks for sticking along with this one. Isaac, love the take. That's great. That's great stuff there. Uh, something we needed for a little yeah. big yeah, section yeah. in this segment. So mm-hmm. thanks, thanks for listening to another episode of the Give Me a Break podcast, everybody. Check us out on uh, Instagram at Give Me a Break Pod. Yep. Uh, email us suggestions at gmabpodcast dot or at I got, I got one last thing to say. So keep an eye out for the twenty twenty one Golden Gophers. Sky, you row the boat, baby. Sky, you yeah, boat. go Gophers. We're competing for a natty, Woo. or at least the Big Ten championship. What was it? Four. Did we get four. Uh, yeah, we got a bunch of four stars. It's nuts. Four, the recruiting class. Sixth rank recruiting class in the nation pj fleck yeah. is on a roll baby. really now to calm mm-hmm. expectations there uh there's like 20 uncommitted five stars and we're probably not going to get any of those like i'm not trying to be the debbie downer but we have 20 there's 20. i think we're gonna get five. five we're gonna get all 20, of them baby we're gonna get all... all right we're getting them up we're, we're four feet all right peace <laughs> <out>, guys <laughs> give me a break give me a break Give me a break, give me a break, give me a break. Give me a, give me a break. One, two, three, give me a break.